Good morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto each of you from God our Father and our Lord and King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Faithful Creator, whose mercy never fails, deepen our faithfulness to you and to your living word, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading for this third Sunday after Pentecost is from Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 7 through 13. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout, violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has come for me, a reproach and a derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering, Terror is on every side. Denounce him, let us denounce him, say all my close friends, watching for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived, then we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble, and they will not overcome me. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, who tests the righteous, who sees the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you have I committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise to the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of the evildoers. Jeremiah's life was not working out as he expected. Life started well for the prophet. He was born during the reign of one of Judah's good kings, Josiah. He came from a priestly family and probably began his work as a prophet at about 18 years old. That was unusually young. Most men in Judah were not even allowed to comment on the scriptures until they were 30. And the Lord had given him incredible gifts. God made Jeremiah tough. In fact, the Lord described him as a wall of bronze. God spoke directly to him. He made Jeremiah wise and insightful and passionate. And all of that made him very unpopular. Jeremiah's family and friends abandoned him and he was alone in the world. His wisdom made it impossible for him even to enjoy simple amusements because he saw the encroaching doom. He lived in evil times and the last years of the kingdom of Judah. 
What may have been worst of all is that all the impending pain and sorrow was utterly avoidable, but no one would listen. False prophets assured the people that God was a supporter of their sin, and Jeremiah was just a bitter traditionalist. The people had abandoned the Lord and turned power and money and pleasure into their gods. They had claimed to know the true God, but they worshipped false gods and demanded that the church and prophet change God's word and declare them righteous. Jeremiah bemoans the Lord, saying, O oh Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day, and everyone mocks me. Now, the Hebrew word, the English uh, standard version translated as deceived, might be better rendered enticed. It was as if Jeremiah was led into a trap. And for godly people, it is easy to feel this way. The world does not love Jesus. And respect for the word of God has dropped precipitously in recent decades. It would be far easier just to be quiet and keep from the scorn and anger that often comes our way. In 2004, 60% of Americans polled by the Pew Research Center said they opposed same-sex marriages. In 2019, the same research company found 61% of Americans now say they support so-called same-sex marriage. The change has been stunning. Internet trolls, interest groups, and TV talking heads demonize the churches that uphold the Word of God, saying God created the world, there is universal truth, there's only one Savior, and in these days, that God's design for marriage is for a man and a woman. Christians have been sued and biased tribunals have awarded six-figure damages to those whose Christian bakers, florists, and pizza shops refuse to deny their faith by servicing such things. There are real costs for standing up for your faith, even in the land of the free. I mean, even in politics, the vice president's wife was vilified for teaching at, oh goodness, a Christian school. In Canada, hate speech legislation passed in April 2019, which has criminalized even the Bible's condemn condemnation of anyone's, quote, sexual behavior. It would be far easier to keep quiet and keep your head down in these times. Jeremiah had the same experience. I mean, how does someone hold to God's word at times like this? Well, the first step is to take Jeremiah's experience seriously. Even though he felt like it, he did not stop proclaiming God's truth. In fact, today's reading we hear, If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. It gets to the heart of our lives and purpose. God did not leave his people, his church, here on earth to fit in with the multitudes. In John's Gospel, Jesus reminds us, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, 
but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. God speaks a different word than they do, a higher, ancient, eternal word that will always prove right. It is right not only because it is true, but because its purpose is to save the world from its folly. If you love your children, spouse, friends, parents, and even your enemies, you should want them to hear and know this truth. The Lord loves his children, and that is why this word has been proclaimed in every generation. He will not let it die. He will not let it go unheard. He will not allow it to return to him empty without accomplishing the purpose for which it is sent. That doesn't mean that we'll escape the wrath of the deceived or evil people. But, like Jeremiah, we bear their scorn knowing that our vindication is at hand. As Jeremiah said, But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. Beloved, we are in grave error if we believe we are on earth merely to be comfortable and enjoy life. That is part of the promise of heaven, not earth. Those who speak the Lord's word are in a battle for the life of the world. It is not really an option to keep our heads down and our eyes averted. As we can tell from the screeds about abortion, assisted suicide, euthanasia, and infanticide, we oppose an enemy obsessed with death and destruction. It is only when we understand what is at stake that the course of action becomes clear and the way we are to live becomes a creed. We pray that our Heavenly Father would deliver us from every evil of body and soul, property and honor, and finally, when our last hour has come, that He would graciously deliver us from this veil of tears and take us to Himself in heaven. We proclaim the blood of God, which overcomes sin and death and the power of the devil. And these we do first among ourselves, because we have been a part of the evil. The deliverance we proclaim is not only for the world out there that does not get it. It's for us who do. We need a Savior, not just from this world, but from ourselves and the wrath we have rightly earned. Before we are overwhelmed by the fear and anger we have toward the world, we need to understand our deep need as well. The church is the home of rebellious sinners who seek comfort and pleasure. We have sinned in every way the world has. We share the world's obsessions. Nevertheless, persecutions will come, but the prophetic voice will be heard. Beloved, the church is also the home of forgiveness and peace, wrought by Christ's death and resurrection, wrought by our Father's unquenchable love and poured out on us by the Holy Spirit through word and sacrament. This cannot be found in any old place in the world. Thus, we reach out with the world's only hope because we have already drunk deep drafts of the cure of souls. Our sins are forgiven and we get to share that undeserved gift. And having provided the opportunity, God wants us to be ready to speak anywhere and everywhere. 
There was a converted charwoman who spoke to as many as possible about Jesus. She once began witnessing to a wooden Indian in front of a little drugstore. When she was told how ridiculous that looked, she answered, Well, you know, my eyesight isn't as good as it used to be, and I guess that's why I made this mistake. But this isn't nearly as bad as the wooden Christians who don't speak to anyone about Jesus. You see, beloved, in the end it becomes clear that the world hates the church for all the wrong reasons. They hear our words as rightful condemnation that steals their hope of earthly power, integrity, and purpose. They are so quick to defend the evil, they too often do not hear the salvation the prophets proclaim amid their aimless strife. But know today, beloved, that this prophetic word is made more sure for us. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy who cannot save themselves from the hand of evildoers and from our own sins. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let us pray. O Lord, you always guide your people whom you build up on the foundation of your love. Make us ever stand in awe of your holy name and love you in equal measure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.